It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a really amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly. I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. I did a Facebook video recently about the idea of being good to yourself. Now, I am all about the idea of giving and helping other people, but sometimes you just have to take time for yourself, and this can take a lot of different forms. Some people like to go shopping or eat at a nice restaurant. Others like to read, go to the gym, or get a massage. It's like the speech you hear on the airplane right before you take off. Put the oxygen mask on yourself before putting it on someone else. Why? Because if you have nothing to give, you can't give to others. So if you have to take time for yourself, you, you need to do that. But here is the caveat. You have to earn it first. If you take the reward before you do the work, then that cheapens the reward altogether. Do the work. But don't forget to do something good for yourself. Some of us forget to do that because we're so focused on helping others or building our businesses or whatever the case happens to be. But take that final step and do something to rejuvenate yourself. You earned it. You deserve it. And you will be so glad you did. And before I forget, I want to let you know that you can download and subscribe to Success Profiles Radio for free on iTunes anytime you like. And you can also listen back to any previous episode there or at successprofilesradio.com. I'd like to introduce my guest. His name is Nathan Hirsch. Let me tell you about him. Nathan Hirsch is a serial entrepreneur and expert in remote hiring and e-commerce. He has been selling online for over seven years and has sold well over $20 million worth of product through his e-commerce business. He's now the co-founder and CEO of FreeUp.com, the hands-on hiring marketplace connecting hundreds of online business owners with reliable, pre-vetted remote workers. FreeUp is redefining how businesses are able to hire remote freelancers online. He can be found on leading podcasts such as Entrepreneur on Fire, Eventual Millionaire, and many more speaking about online hiring tactics. And now he's on Success Profiles Radio as well. He and his family live in Orlando, Florida, and I'm so happy and grateful that Nathan is here with us today. Nathan, how are you? I'm great, Brian. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's an honor and a privilege to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Hey, you're welcome. So here's the first thing I normally ask everyone. I like having people tell us a little bit about their background, their backstory, how they started, maybe some things they encountered along the way, and what brought you to where you are right now. Absolutely. So I've had kind of a funny adventure. I started off when I was 20 years old in college. Um, I was studying business, and I needed some extra beer money. And I got really pissed because I invited one of those book buying companies to my dorm room to buy my books at the end of the semester, and they offered me pennies on the dollar. And then I went to the bookstore, and they offered me pennies on the dollar. So I was like, all right, this is ridiculous. I'm just going to do this myself. And before I knew it, I had lines of people out my college dorm room um, trying to sell me their books because I was giving them the best price in town, cutting out those other, those other sources. 
Um, so I started collecting all these books and I would hold on to them and sell them at the beginning of next semester. And that really led me to all these different websites that I could eventually unload those books on. One of which was amazon.com because you don't sell books for very long without learning about it. And when I sold on Amazon, I started reading a lot of the forums and really getting addicted to it and wanting to run an Amazon business because I thought it was so cool that, um, that I would get an order randomly, I'd get an email on my phone, I would ship the book, I would get paid pretty quick. And I was like, all right, I don't really want to do books forever. I, first of all, I thought books were, were going to be outdated by now and we'd all be on Kindle, which hasn't exactly happened. Um, but I also just didn't see myself carrying around textbooks all the time. So after thinking and trying a lot of different things, I came up with the dropship model, which was years before I actually knew it was called dropshipping. So my concept was I'm a broke college kid. I have no money to buy inventory. Let's list stuff on Amazon, which I was good at, that I didn't actually own, that I didn't have. And I would create these relationships with different vendors that had the product, but maybe wanted more sales. So I would handle the sales and the customer service side because I had a background in customer service. They would handle the making the product and the shipping side. I would make the margin in between and it was a win-win-win. And before I before I knew it, I was running a multi-million dollar, dollar business out of my college dorm room, making every good and bad decision that a young entrepreneur makes um, and having some crazy adventures along the way. And when I graduated, I had that dilemma. Do I go out and get a real job? The reason... I went and got that four-year degree or do I pursue this Amazon business that was just going crazy and and I decided to pursue that and I ended up moving from Connecticut to Florida opening up an office um, and it was there when I started hiring full-time people for the first time paying them fifty sixty thousand dollars a year and what I quickly realized was I just wasn't getting enough out of them they were spending 25, 50% of their time on very small tasks. And I really wanted a better way to make it more efficient. So a buddy of mine told me about Upwork, Odesk at the time. I started hiring what I called my remote army to really take over and, and do a lot of these tasks like easy customer service emails and running inventory and stuff like that. And, and then I quickly realized from there that because I was hiring so much, I was spending 50% of my time just going through applicants, doing interviews. And that wasn't that much fun for me as an entrepreneur. So I had the idea of starting free up with a way to skip all that, have a company that pre-vets workers where you can just submit a request, tell us exactly what you need, and you get one person back that you know is qualified, pre-vetted, ready to get started without wasting any of that time. That is amazing. That's a really, really terrific story. And uh, I, want, I want to ask, I mean, it sounds like you were a bit interested in entrepreneurism uh, from a pretty young age, from college. Did you always have this in your blood? Was this part of your family culture? So my mom started a nonprofit kindergarten um, when I was very little, and I got to see her move from three different buildings, getting bigger every single time, and, and hire people, and get sued for stuff that was ridiculous, and all the ups and downs that every business owner um, has from hiring people to getting your first real client to getting referrals um, of parents that just love you and continue to tell other people to go to your school. So I, I kind of had that at a young age. My mom also introduced me to other CEOs that I had the privilege of um, being mentored by. I, I got these internships where I'd work directly underneath them. Um, so by the time I got to college, I knew that there were just two options in life. You get that 40 hour a week job, you get your 401k and you go, you work for 30 years and, and then you retire. Or you kind of take that more risky adventure route 
um, and you start your own business, but you also have that freedom that goes with it. So I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I was also a realist. I knew that business, small businesses fail um, and they fail a lot. And when I eventually got to college and I was deciding what part of business I was going to focus on, I remember being in a room with all the different business professors. The professors, they were talking to the freshmen being like, this is what accounting is like. This is your opportunities in finance. And I remember the person from entrepreneur, the person from the uh, entrepreneur program came up and she was like, listen, just know that the only way to have financial freedom is to become an entrepreneur. And then she just walked off stage and that just sat in my head. And I was like, you know what? I'm going for it. Wow. That's, that's absolutely wonderful. Uh, there are ups and downs, of course, with being an entrepreneur. What would you consider to be your rock bottom moment? Sure. So I was running this multi-million dollar business out of my college dorm room. I, w I was relying on one vendor that was making um, all my, making it all our money. I had made some great hires like Connor, who's my business partner to this day. I had made some bad hires that I had fired and I had fired people for, for the first time. And I finally had this awesome management team that allowed me to take a vacation. It was one of my first vacations I had taken in, in uh, who knows how long. So a bunch of friends and I, we went to Myrtle Beach and the business is doing well. I'm making more money than I ever had in my entire life at this ultimate high. Day one of vacation, I get a call from um, the manager who was covering saying, hey, that vendor decided to no longer work with us. They're dropping us in a week. And then two hours later, I get a call from my accountant saying, hey, someone just filed a fraudulent tax return in your name and got $60,000 from the government. <laughs> so I went from this ultimate high to this rock bottom low, thinking that all the work that I had just put in for the past two years was just gone. Wow. That's a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a rough day. So how did you recover from that? Yeah, so we somehow enjoyed the rest of the vacation. It was only two or three days long. We came back and we were, we essentially sat down in a room and we were like, all right, we have this much money left. What are, what are the lessons we learned from this? The lesson was diversify. We don't want to be relying on one, one person, one vendor, one anything anymore. So let's start contacting other vendors. Let's figure out a way to work with a lot of different people. So if this happens at the end, yes, it's not an ideal, but it's not the end of the world. So I remember sleeping on my friend's couch, working 15 hours a day, just contacting vendors, listing products, doing trial and error. And eventually what we found is five months later, not only were we selling more, but we were also more diverse and more protected and we had built better relationships. So we just got right back on track. We didn't give up and we found ourselves much more protected going forward. Building relationships is so absolutely critical. I was in a business that had one vendor and that relationship fell apart when that vendor ended up filing for bankruptcy and the company I was working for had a backup option, but they couldn't ramp, ramp it up in time and they had to let their entire sales team go and, and they had to basically start all over again. Was it was your situation something like that? I mean, did you have a team around you that you had to rearrange somehow while you were figuring this out? Yeah, I mean, we essentially told people how much we had left, how many hours people could work, what everyone's goals and tasks were, um, and really strategize how we could um, go after different vendors. And you're absolutely right. And a lot of times what you'll find is when you're dealing with these big vendors, you're just a number to them. They, they don't really care. But when, when you can get someone who's a little bit smaller or medium size or maybe someone who's been where you are before and you can build those tight relationships, they end up being stronger and there's less of a chance of someone just waking up one day and being like, all right, I'm not working with this person anymore. 
Absolutely. We are coming up against our first break. My very special guest this week is Nathan Hirsch. He is the co-founder and CEO of FreeUp.com, and that's FreeUp with three E's, F-R-E-E-E, up.com, FreeUp.com, where you can hire remote workers, and we will talk more about FreeUp as the program moves along. And uh, we talked about how Nathan got his first business started and what happened when his first vendor decided not to work with his company anymore. That can be a really traumatic moment, especially when something like that happens on vacation. That's never a fun time to find anything out. But we're going to talk about a lot of really awesome topics coming up. If you are interested in learning how to outsource some of your work uh, to other people and save yourself some time and possibly some money, we're going to talk about how you can do that in your business too. We'll be right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. To motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Are you stressed out? Because if you are, you're not alone. In fact, research shows that over 73% of all Americans report symptoms of stress, which is a key factor contributing to mental and physical illness. And that stress is usually related to work, money, or relationships. Up until now, the solution to combat the effects of stress have been delivered through pharmaceutical companies. But now there's a natural way to solve this problem without the harmful side effects. The Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement contains natural ingredients proven to reduce cortisol, also known as the stress hormone, which causes damage to our body. And unlike prescriptions, your satisfaction is guaranteed with a 100% money-back offer on all orders. In addition, a portion of all proceeds goes to PTSD research, and as a bonus, all purchases will include a free copy of the new ebook, The Survival Guide to Living with Stress. So get the Healthy Primate Stress Support Supplement today at www.screwstress.com. Click the Amazon logo. It'll take you where you need to go. Once again, that is www.screwstress.com. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Nathan Hirsch. He is the co-founder and CEO of FreeUp. Dot com. That's F-R-E-E-E-U-P.com. That's free up with three E's if you'd like to look that up and check that out after the show. So you did mention diversification and how important it is to have multiple vendors. People can really get stuck in a bad space when they don't do that. So how important has that been to your business going forward? 
Yeah, I mean, it's such a key. And I mentioned this in my book, Free Up Your Business. You just have to diversify everything. You never want to get caught in that trap where you're relying on one person in your company. I see a lot of people, they'll hire that manager to do the bookkeeping, do the customer service, do the, the baking in the back in the bakery. And they, and they just do everything at once. And you spend months and months training them. And then something happens in their life or they get a better job offer and they leave. And then you find yourself having to train someone for scratch. And a lot of times you can't recover from that. Especially yeah. when you're hiring, you want to make sure that you're hiring different people for different roles and have training docs and backups and not make it so that you're relying on any other person. It's the same thing on suppliers. It's the same thing when you're growing your business, you should want to have more than just one revenue stream, even if those other ones are smaller. So if that bigger one maybe has a down month, you can continue to keep pushing forward. It's so important in the back of your mind, you should always be like, hey, what am I doing this week to help me get closer and closer to being more diversified? Absolutely. So let's talk about doing business on Amazon. You alluded that, to that in the first uh, section. Uh, is it as difficult as some people might think it is? Yeah, I mean, it, it, here's the thing about Amazon. They have very strict rules. They have customer service rules you have to meet. They have order defect rates you have to meet. You can't mess up a certain amount of your orders. You have to ship your orders on time. And if you're going into Amazon, you better know all of their rules because if you have a 100% rating on 99 out of their 100 rules and, uh, and less than whatever the percentage you need for that last one, they will shut you down like that. So the first thing that I did before I got into Amazon was I learned every single rule to a T and I preached it to my team. Every new person couldn't even touch my account until they knew it. And that gave me such a competitive advantage. The other side of that is I have such a customer service mentality, even with free up. I mean, we're dealing with freelancers. Mistakes are going to happen here and there, even though it's a small percentage on our marketplace. And, and it, it all comes down to how do you handle when that happens? Are you the kind of person that denies it, denies it, or tries to save as much money as possible? Or are you the kind of person that just takes responsibility? Hey, you know what? I'm just going to make you happy. What's it going to take to make you happy? How can I fix this and not waste any more of your time and just get it right? And the same thing on Amazon. I mean, products get lost. FedEx messes up. UPS messes up. Sometimes something says it arrives and maybe the customer isn't even telling the truth. But are you really going to fight with that person or are you just going to send them a new product eat the money, cost of doing business, and just make it right. And I kind of had that training from working at Firestone and working at Aaron's Corporation as internships under the CEO where they really preach customer service. So I kind of had that advantage going in. If you go into Amazon being like, hey, this is how I run my business. I run it my way. You're, you're going to fail very quickly. You have to do it Amazon's way with an extremely high level of customer service. And if you can do that, you can succeed. Absolutely. And one of my favorite customer service books, and I know that you like this book too, it's called Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea. Yeah, great book. And it really reinforces a lot of stuff that I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Absolutely. So how, how specifically has that book impacted the way you run your business? So I, I was running my business way before I read that book. I mean, I can tell you that when I was doing customer service training for my Amazon store, it was essentially like the customer's not always right but it's in your best interest to make the customer happy at all times. For example, I implemented a two email rule. If you can't solve the issue with the customer within two emails, just get on the phone, call them and resolve this. Anytime you start going into those back and forth where you're doing 10 different emails back and forth, the customer just gets angrier and angrier and angrier and there's almost no going back. 
And then you add other things to the equation, like the two-day free shipping or the, hey, you know what? You didn't get your product in time for Christmas. I'm just going to overnight it to you. You don't even have to ask me to do it. I'm just going to take care of you. And reading that book, you almost just see how you can scale it at such a bigger level than just being a, a small-time Amazon seller. And I know I'm not technically small, but kind of depends on how you look at small. Compared to them, I am. Um, <laughs> so that's really what I kind of learned from that book is how you take that and really scale it across a company and how it's not just you as the owner and the customer service team and how you can really have that trickle down to all parts of your business, whether it's the people dealing with manufacturers, the people dealing with the logistics and the warehouse and the um, people on the other end just making random phone calls, um, how you can really spread it out and have everyone have that exact same mindset and exact same culture. Absolutely. And that book is called Delivering Happiness by Tony Shea. I have the audio book, so I've listened to that in my car before. And that it's, it's a great, great book for sure. The way that he built Zappos uh, based on a culture of customer service is just absolutely incredible. They have an absolutely sterling reputation in customer service in their industry, and he definitely is qualified to write a book like that for sure. So uh, let's talk about some of the various ways that someone could start a business. Some people bootstrap, other people seek investors first. How did you decide to, to start your business? What were some of the things that played into your decision? Yeah, so my book, Free Up Your Business, is all about how to bootstrap multi-million dollar companies. It's the only way I've done it. I have no experience raising funding. I've had some venture capitalists um, like talk to me here and there, um, nothing that I've pursued seriously. I mean, to me, if you're, if you're a broke college student like me, you don't have much of a choice. Um, you're going to be bootstrapping from the beginning. And I always have the mentality that you're, you're using that initial money to trial and error, whether it's selling textbooks, even though you're not going to do that long term or finding that extra revenue stream. Maybe you you just consult someone to, to make an extra 100 bucks there, and then you just take that and reinvest it back into the company, whether it's buying more products or spending a little bit more on PPC to try to drive sales that way. And as you start generating sales and seeing what trial and error works here and there, then you start to identify, okay, this is where the money's at, and you follow that trail, while always reinvesting back into the company. We have a 25% rule. 25% of our money is going back into the company and some kind of investment. And both my companies are remote now. We ended up getting rid of the office. So we reinvest in people. If, we're, if we had a really good month, 25% of that money is hiring an expert to take our ads to the next level or to redo the designs on our site or to buy more inventory, whatever it is. So having that mindset that you can be frugal and that you can reinvest money back into your company can really help you bootstrap at a very good pace and grow at the correct speed because a lot of people, they'll, they'll use a ton of money. Maybe they take their life savings and they throw into a business and they spend, spend, spend. And then one day they, they realize they're out of cash and, and they have nowhere to go. Whereas if you just do the, the model where, hey, maybe you start with $1,000 and you make a few hundred and you reinvest back that. And then you make a few hundred more and you reinvest that. You can build a really sound business that's frugal and that can actually make money going forward for you without that huge investment. Yeah. And so you would be an advocate of testing small amounts first to see what kind of return you get before you throw a bunch of money at something, right? Exactly. I mean, so many people think they have that really good idea and they go out there and there's just not a market for it. On the flip side, some people have an idea that they're so, so about, maybe they're passionate about it and they go out there and everyone wants it. And you never really know until you do that trial and error. I mean, Free up when I first started it, I thought I was going to be much more on the Amazon consulting side. I thought we'd offer consulting, we teach classes. And, and what we realized was 
people hated going on job boards and posting a job and, and getting all these applicants for not only Amazon, but everything. So we kind of pivoted and we were like, you know what, we can offer high level remote workers. We can vet them and make them available. And we totally pivoted our business model and it was the best thing we ever did because we didn't go in stubborn that this was going to be the business that we're creating. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. It seems like the starting place for being successful is knowing who you are and what you bring to the table. That that sounds like a pretty reasonable assessment, right? Yes, absolutely. You have to know yourself. Absolutely. So how did you figure out who you were and what you brought to the table before you decided how you wanted to start your business? Sure. So I know what I'm good at. And I know what I'm bad at. I'm a terrible writer. I'm a very good. I'm very good at customer service. I know how to take someone who is unhappy with the situation. I know how to listen and hear them out and give them options to make it right. I'm good at problem solving. I'm good at sales. I know how to figure to how to go into a place and figure out what their problems are and how I can create a solution for them. I also know that I'm not good at stuff like graphic design or designing really anything. My girlfriend designs my condo. <laughs> so I, I, what I try to do is I try to surround myself with people that are the exact opposite of me skill-wise but have the same goals and values as me. I want people who treat other people well, who come in every day with a smile. I don't want any negativity in my workplace. But I want them to do things that I can't do. So my business partner, Connor, is the perfect example. And he was one of my first hires. He randomly messaged me um, on Facebook one day in class and was like, hey, I'm looking for a side job. And I hired him when we got together. We got along really well together because he's a fantastic writer. He can build websites. He can market. He's. I would even say he's more personal than me. I'm good on a business level. I can have a really good business conversation. But I think he can build better personal relationships. So we, we know what we're each really good at and we know what we're each really bad at um, and we don't step on each other's toes. And that's so important, even if they're not your business partner, even if it's just someone that you're hiring. Absolutely. That is so critical to have a business partner who has strengths that are maybe a little bit different than yours because really you can only rise to the level of your own competence. And if you hire someone to work with you who is just like you, you're only going to rise to the level that either one of you is good at. So have have opposite strengths in your company. Let me ask you this. When you started FreeUp, and we'll talk more about FreeUp after, after the breakup coming, but when you started FreeUp, was there a little method to your madness that you were going to hire outsourced people who were purposely good at things that you were not good at? Absolutely. I have a 20-person A-team right now. I'd put them against anyone in the world. And they're all remote. They do everything from marketing to answering my Skypes when I'm sleeping to um, doing the graphic designs and banners and running my social media page and all stuff that I don't have time to do. I don't have time to take courses and become an expert at it, although I'm sure I could. It just it makes so much more sense for me to focus on what on what I'm good at and let them focus on what they're good at. Absolutely. We're coming up against our uh, our next break, and we've been talking about diversifying your business. We've been talking about the ins and outs of starting a business on Amazon and some of the ways that you can start a business. And Nathan has been bootstrapping his business, and that's really the only thing that he's been doing is just feeding money back into the business and, and having a rule about how much money he's going to invest in his business. And for him, it's 25%. We also talked about the idea of hiring people who are good at the things that you are not good at. And we will talk in the next segment about freeup.com and how he started that and some of the things that you can source 
out in your business, and you might be surprised at some of the things that you can get other people to do, especially if they are much better at it than you are, because if you can save yourself time, it's totally worth it. So we will come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. We will be right back. Please don't go away. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? Concerned about the economy and looking for an escape plan? Then you need to go to escapeartist.com and learn how you can live, work, invest, retire, or do business overseas. Escape Artist has the perfect plan for you. Join our 400,000 readers and get your free subscription to Escape from America magazine. Visit www.escapefromamerica.com and create your escape plan right now. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Nathan Hirsch. He is the co-founder and CEO of FreeUp.com. That's FreeUp with three E's in it, FreeUp.com. So, Nathan, how did you start this company? Yeah, so I from, from my past hiring experience and frustrations and really good hires and really bad hires, by the time I got to year five, six, seven – I developed a really good way to figure out who's going to be a good worker for me. And I really identified it into three things. One, I wanted someone that had a really good skill set, someone with a lot of experience. I don't have time for newbies. Free up is not a marketplace for newbies. I wanted someone with a great attitude because I, what I realized was even if I hired someone incredibly talented, the best coder in the world, if they came in every day just pissed off at the world, pissed off at life, it would bring my entire team down and everyone would become less productive. And then last was communication, because if I'm dealing with remote workers from the Philippines and India and all these different places, the last thing I want to do is chase them down and, and not get updates and have to do anything that involved poor communication. So those things were so important for me. So I realized that I had this good structure of getting workers. I just didn't want to spend the time to do it all the time, because I can go through 100 applicants and just find one that was a good fit. So I came up with the idea of free up where instead of being a job board, you can go on and where you post a job and you get a lot of applicants and you interview them one by one. It takes forever. 
I wanted a place that we do the vetting for you. So free up gets hundreds of applicants every week. We interview them, we vet them, um, we put them through our 15 pages of communication guidelines because communication is so important, like I said. And then we make them available first come first serve to our clients and only 1% get in. So the concept was clients sign up, it's free, there's no monthly fee, there's no obligation, there's no minimums. We don't lock you in like an agency. Anytime you need a worker, you fill out a quick form so we know all everything you need. Pretty much describe me your perfect worker and then we fill those things quick because I'm all about being fast as an entrepreneur. So you need a customer service agent to work from nine to 12 every Saturday. You fill out a request, we introduce you to someone that can work that time period and you're ready to go. You click the hire button. So that was really the concept. And we, we originally started it more towards Amazon sellers, like I explained, and I thought that there'd be classes that went with it. But what I could quickly realize is people had all these other needs from graphic design to photography to um, bookkeeping. I mean, I spent years doing bookkeeping myself and I hate that stuff um, to PPC and Google ads and different types of digital marketing and building websites. So we've really expanded to where you can just do so much by hiring remote workers. And if you're a client of ours, it's at a click of your fingertips and you have that person ready to go to work on your project. That's fantastic. So what are some advantages to hiring remotely versus having employees versus even having a temp agency work with you? I mean, you've described some of that already, but delineate that for us even more. Yeah. So let me put it in perspective. Back when I had an office, which was one of the worst business decisions I ever made, um, turning a, a company that didn't need overhead and just adding overhead, um, I realized that when I was hiring, not only was I competing with the companies around me, but I was also competing with the companies on, even, on the even bigger area of that. And on top of that, there was such a limited talent pool for the things I was looking for. If I was looking for someone to do Amazon product management, how many people had that experience in Orlando? How many people had that experience in Orlando and already have jobs they're not trying to leave? How many of those people that have that experience are being recruited by other companies that I might not want to get into a bidding war on? So by just hiring employees and just hiring people that will drive to your office every day, you're just limiting yourself on what talent you have access to. Whereas if you go remote, I can find people in the Philippines. I can find people in California and, and all these different places all over the world and I get access to so much more talent. On top of that, they're contractors. I'm not paying them the 401k or the health insurance and I'm not making them drive to work and spend gas money so I can usually pay them less. Not always, but usually. So there's just so many advantages to opening yourself up to remote workers and I'm not saying you need to be like me and have a 100% remote workforce. Um, you can still have your warehouse staff and your janitorial unit or whatever it is but I mean, do you really need someone to come into your office to build a website? Do you really need your customer short, customer service representatives getting dressed up every day and coming in to use your office phone? Or can they do that at home and be more comfortable in their pajamas? And that might lower turnover and that might save you time and energy down the, down the line. So there, there's just a lot of factors to keep in mind of the benefits of hiring remotely. Absolutely. So how do you go about picking the best virtual assistant for your situation? Sure, so there's two ways to hire. Either there, you're a business owner that has too much stuff on your plate and you're trying to get it off. And those are really for business owners that have their systems and processes in place. You have what they call standard operating procedures and, and you want someone to do the tasks that you normally do all the time. And my recommendation to those people is to 
create a list of everything you do on a day-to-day, month-to-month, week-to-week basis and order it from easiest to hardest and start taking things off your list and giving it to your remote workers. The other side of it is if you're trying to grow your company and you need a new website or maybe you want to start getting into Facebook ads, yes, you could take a six-month course on how to become a Facebook ads expert, but there's no guarantee that you would do well in the course and that's an opportunity cost that you could be doing whatever you're actually good at already. So why not go in and hire an expert to really handle that side of your business so you don't have to? And a lot of people do it backwards. They need that expert, but they're like, you know what, I don't wanna pay for an expert, let me hire someone for five bucks an hour, which doesn't work out. Or vice versa, they're like, hey, you know what, I'm gonna hire these experts because I I don't really wanna train, and they put them in the lower level position And first of all, those people aren't going to stay there that long because they're going to get bored. But second, you're just paying top dollar um, for something you don't need to pay top dollar for. So it's really your job to identify where you are in your business of whether you have those procedures in place and the training docs ready to go and you're passing something off or you're looking to expand or hire someone to do something that you can't do at a high level. Absolutely. That, that sounds fantastic, and those are some great guidelines, Nathan. So we, we talked a little bit about what kinds of things people can outsource. I know transcription and graphic design come to mind. You mentioned uh, Facebook ads, digital marketing, website design. What else could someone outsource if they really wanted to? Yeah, I mean, really anything from research. I have a lot of clients who are like, you know what? I'm trying to identify X, Y, and Z, and they could spend the next six hours doing it, or they could hire someone who specializes in research that might be cheaper than them and be better at them. Um, Other things, lead generation is huge. Running your social media pages is huge. I mean, if if you're a business owner and you don't have a social media page, you're way behind the pack. Hire someone to run it two hours a day. Even if you start with zero following, in two or three years, you could have thousands and really be able to promote to your audience and then hire an expert to take it to the next level. So start investing early. Um, Graphic design you mentioned, um, website development is huge, whether you're starting up a Shopify store or just having a basic WordPress site that people can Google and find your business. Content writers making a blog for yourself so that people the people have great content they can read and, and you can convert them into clients, creating any type of sales funnel, which kind of falls into that digital marketing. It's something that I'm not an expert at, but we have a great sales funnel and it's because I, I hired the best of the best from my pre-up network to work on my internal team to set that up. So, I mean, there's so many opportunities and I, I come up with stuff all the time. I mean, I get clients that request the most random specific things for their business and in my mind, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to find really good people and I'm going to add them to my network. And I promise that someone else is going to come down down the line later and they're going to need the exact same thing. And it happens all the time. That's fantastic. I would imagine that someone who's listening to this might have an initial question or concern about how do I know that my worker is going to be really good? I know that you vet them very, very carefully. Does somebody coming in as a client have an opportunity to speak to uh, your team member before they decide to hire them? Absolutely. So you become a client, it's free, it's fast. Then anytime you need a worker, you submit a worker request in your account. We introduce you to one person. We have plenty of clients who are just too busy or they trust me and they use me before. They click the hire button and they get started. If you're a newer client or you want to meet them ahead of time, you set up a time with them. We give you 10 to 15 minutes to talk to them. Make sure they're the right fit. We're on your side. We're not pushing workers at you. We want you to find the worker that's right for you because we understand it's not a one-size-fits-all industry. If you meet them and you like them, 
you click the hire button and you're good to go. If you have any reservations and we encourage you, any red flags, just click in your account. I want a different worker. It'll ask you for some feedback. Please provide it to us. And 99% of the time we get it right on the first try. And if not, we almost always get it right on the second try based on your feedback. So you're under no obligation to use the first worker that we send you. Fantastic. So let me ask about your, your pricing philosophy, hourly versus per project. I know there are some sites where you can bid per project and then people can uh, bid on your work based on what you've described and other people have sites where you pay hourly for your work or how do you assess or how do you know what's best? So FreeUp only offers hourly workers and we do that for a reason. A lot of people that go in for fixed prices, they're not, the, the idea of fixed price is really, hey, it could take this long or it could take this long, so let's meet in the middle and just make it a fixed price. But usually that doesn't happen. People go in and they're like, I want a fixed price because I think it's gonna cost less than hourly. And it's tough for me to recruit top talent and have this awesome marketplace and the top 1% of remote workers if people aren't getting paid what they're worth. So that kind of opens up that end. The other side of it is just disputes and regulate and uh, resolutions. A lot of clients don't know how to actually plan out something before giving a project and getting a fixed price. And it's very frustrating for workers that don't get the full scope and they finish and they deliver. And the last thing I want is for that client to get pissed off. Because remember what I said, the customer is not always right, but it's in my best interest to make the customer happy. And I really do want to make them happy. So it can lead to a lot more disputes. It also leads to me getting involved a lot more with negotiation on fixed price, which is not something I necessarily want to do. Um, and it, it is something I'm open to in the future. I mean, FreeUp is only two and a half years old. Um, I'm sure there is a way that we can get, make it fixed price and have everyone have it be fair for everyone. Um, but at this time, hourly is just so much more fair to everyone. It keeps the workers and the clients happy. The workers can still get estimates, so it's not like you're just going to get an invoice for 100 hours and, and not know where that came from. You're going to get a worker with the hourly rate. They're going to meet with you. They're going to give you an estimate. If by chance they're going to um, go over the estimate and they always overestimate, you're going to get prior notice that, they're, that they need to go over and they're only going to do it with your approval. Um, and to us, it's just a more fast and more efficient way. Absolutely. We're coming up against our next break. So real quickly, what kinds of mistakes do you think that people make when they're trying to outsource workers? Setting goals and expectations up front. I mean, I have so many clients who will hire someone and just be like, here's a project, get started, get back to me. Um, and they don't set out what actually are the goals, what are the expectations, and the worker does their best, but they're doing the best based on their other experience with other clients, and it might not match up. The other thing I see people do, and I know we're coming up on break, um, is they'll assign a project, okay, it's 30 hours long, talk to me on hour 30, and then they get it and it's not what they want. Instead of being like, hey, check up with me after hour one, after hour five, after hour 10, let's make sure we're on the same page so we can point you back in the right direction if it's not exactly what we want, or maybe even brainstorm to get better. Absolutely. We're coming up against our final break. I cannot believe how quickly this is going. We're talking with Nathan Hirsch from FreeUp.com. That's FreeUp with three E's. FreeUp.com. We'll be right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us.
mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Do you have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep? I know that drugs can be addictive and cause a hangover the next day. That's why you need the Sleep Band. The Sleep Band helps you fall asleep quickly and easily and for a longer period of time. This results in a more restful and peaceful night's sleep, which is something all of us need. With the Sleep Band, you will wake up fresh and alert, ready to begin your day. You can get your Sleep Band and other great healing products by visiting HealingFrequencyProducts.com. Check it out today for a better sleep tomorrow. HealingFrequencyProducts.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. It's words you never heard. Man cannot live by bread alone. He must have his peanut butter. Peanut butter is a pate of childhood, and it's not just for kids, his dogs love it too. Last night I gave my dog a pill hidden in peanut butter. What's a word for a messy concoction that helps the medicine go down? Sliver sauce. Mice apparently prefer peanut butter to cheese when it comes to luring them into the trap. But there are even more practical uses for peanut butter. Peanut butter contains natural oils, which makes it perfect for removing all kinds of sticky things, like gum stuck in your shoe or in your hair. What's a word for the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth? Arachibutophobia. And according to Barry Goldwater, if you don't mind smelling like peanut butter for two or three days, peanut butter is a darn good shaving cream. It's words you never I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. And again, you can download and subscribe to the show on iTunes anytime for free. And if you'd like to write a review, that would mean a lot to me as well. We're with Nathan Hershey. He's the co-founder and CEO of FreeUp.com. So Nathan, what makes FreeUp different from other virtual assistant firms in the marketplace? Yeah, so you've got the agencies, and the agencies, you get in the project, you never know who's doing it, you never know what the turnover is behind the scene, and that kind of makes the quality go up and go down. A lot of times they lock you into long-term contracts, um, and every agency is a little bit different. The other side of it is we have a white label service, so a lot of the agencies out there are hiring our workers and, and white labeling it to their clients, which is a whole different thing. Um, in terms of the marketplaces, like I kind of said before, the marketplaces are job boards. You post a job, they have a network of people, anyone can apply, you go through it yourself, and you figure out who's good or bad, and a lot of times it's really hard to do no matter what kind of feedback system they have in place. So with us, we're getting hundreds of applicants every week. I have an HR team that works 12 hours a day interviewing people based on my process that's been proven to work for the past five plus years, and we're, we're testing them on the skills, the attitude, the communication, because remember, you might find someone on another marketplace that's a good worker, but do they have the other two things as well? And then once they're in our network, you get fast access to them. When you submit a request, we fill those requests within hours or minutes. I had a client today who requested two workers, and within three minutes, he had both requests filled. We had people on the clock ready to go. So, I mean, 
it's good to have in your back pocket. It's good if you don't have time to interview people. It's good if you've had bad hiring experiences on other marketplaces or maybe you're hiring for the first time because not only do we provide the workers for you, we provide content to help you along the way past that original hire, whether it's our online hiring mastermind group where you can ask us questions or our blog where we're posting lots of hiring advice and tips. And, and I have an internal team of 20 people that are always there to help you. And we've had situations where people will hire a worker and they're a great worker and they're five star for us. And they're like, hey, I'm not getting the most out of them. And we'll just brainstorm ideas with them and be like, hey, have you thought about this? Or this is how I run Monday morning meetings. Or hey, when you next time you give, you give out a one-term project, Let's establish more up front. So we kind of help you along the way. We save you a lot of time on the front end. And we also have a no turnover guarantee where our workers rarely quit because it's so hard to get into the network and they really like being here. But if they do quit for any reason, even if it's two years down the line, we cover all retraining costs, get you a new worker right away, and make sure you never take a step backwards for HR reasons. So you're really protected on the back end. Fantastic. What is your big vision for free up going forward? Yeah, I mean, I want to shake up the hiring industry. I mean, everyone represents Uber and other companies like that that really went into a market that was already established for so long and, and shook it up. Um, but we want to compete with the big players. We want to expand past e-commerce because remember I mentioned that um, when we started, it was mostly focused on Amazon. I mean, I just went to CEO space and I'm actually becoming a guest speaker there. And they have business owners that are in so many different industries and one thing they all have in common is they all need to hire and they all have a need for remote workers. And a lot of them are debating whether to get locked into six months contracts with different agencies and website design companies that they, they're not going to know what they're going to get until halfway through and then they're locked in. Whereas with us, you're getting highly vetted workers. You, there's no obligation. You can fire us at any time. It's in our best interest to get you the workers that you need. And it really changes things as, as a business owner. And it's a company that I always wish we had or wish I had back when I was spending 50% of my time in the HR room. Okay. How do you get team members to buy into your vision and your mission? Because that is extremely important. Yeah, I mean, we treat people well. Um, once people are in our network, we make it clear. Like, we have really high expectations for you. Um, we This is what we're trying to achieve. We have goals when it comes to billable hours. We have goals on how we're going to treat clients and how our customer service is going to get better and better month over month and reduce issues. And I mentioned communication is so important. I mean, we, we look for every possible gray area. We don't want any client getting an invoice from us, not knowing what happened in any second on that build invoice. So continuing to push towards that of eliminating all gray areas, continue to grow, continue to compete against all those big marketplaces and agencies that have been there forever and doing it by treating people right, establishing the expectations, hiring people with that great attitude going in. So when you add that new person to the team, it's just another spark of energy for everyone there has created such a good culture that I mean, we have 500 plus contractors, not employees, contractors in our network that have clients outside of FreeUp, that have clients inside FreeUp, that have their own family life going on. And they just love being there. On Monday morning, our Skypes are growing, blowing up. People are asking each other questions. They're, they're cheering when they find out um, how much how we did the week before like because we share that with everyone on the team um, when we're giving updates. We're asking for feedback. I mean, we want to know not only on the client side how we can make it better, but how we can make it better for workers as well um, because we're nothing without them. So having that mentality where we're family, where we have your back and you have our back has just created such a great atmosphere to grow in. 
That's fantastic. Uh, how about a success story? Anything specific that you'd like to share in terms of someone who really got a lot out of uh, what you do? Uh, yeah, so trying to think of what won't break our NDA. <laughs> I've had I've had clients that came in. Um, I have one particular client. He came in and he's actually a really nice guy. I talked to him um, up front, and he always had this issue with turnover, and every single person quit on him. And and I really wanted to fix this, and I didn't know how. So I gave him some workers, and I, and I kind of asked him for feedback. And what I quickly realized was. His emails out to workers, although it was completely unintentional, was very rude and almost talking down to people. So mm-hmm. I sat down with him and I was like, listen, it's your business. I can, I, I don't want to overstep my grounds, but I have some feedback for you if you're interested. And he was very open to it. He's like, yeah, like I love my business. I really like the people you're sending me. Like I don't get why people don't want to work with me. So I sat down with him and I kind of went through um, his emails top to bottom. I was like, uh, listen, let me show you how I can send that exact same email with the same message and just send it in a much different, nicer way. And so I taught him how to do that and, and realize that people on the other side of the world, they're not as business um, business first. That's kind of how I describe it. They, they're a little bit more emotional. They care about things like that. And although if you send me an email being like, Nate, do this, I probably wouldn't get offended. They do. So I wanted, I, sh- I showed him the correct, proper way to talk to people, especially new people who are trying to figure, figure it out for the first time. And we've de- decreased his turnover from 75% to less than 10%. And that's only been six months. So just, just something like that, that we can kind of go in and give someone advice where they don't have a malicious intent, but someone just needs to straight up tell them what they're not doing correctly. It is so awesome that your client was so coachable. That that makes such a huge difference, and that is an awesome result. And and wow, that's that's fantastic. The way you communicate with people in writing can be so misconstrued, and I appreciate that story very much. So let me ask you this: veering away from this topic a little bit, maybe more into some personal success routines. Do you have a personal success routine or a daily success routine that you implement? Yeah. So in the morning, I'm a morning person. The first few hours of the day, I like to wake up early before and I get thousands of Skype messages a day. So I like to get on early before the craziness and get organized and talk to my assistants and um, really get everyone on the same page. If it's a Monday, we have a Monday morning meeting um, where we talk about the week before and the week ahead and all that stuff. Um, Once we kind of get towards the middle of the day, I kind of move away from operational stuff to brainstorming and future stuff, talking with my business partner, thinking of ideas and more longer term projects where the morning is more short term. And then once I get to the end of the day and I'm totally stressed out, and this is before I tore my shoulder three weeks ago, <laughs> I would work out for um, pretty much a hard, intense hour, five days a week, really getting away all that stress. Um, and then once I get out of that, I, it's time for my girlfriend. She comes home from work. And I spend quality time with her. So I kind of get have that balance. I know when I'm most productive. I know when I'm focusing on different areas of the business and when I'm organizing my team because in my mind, it's more important to get your team organized before you get organized. Um, and then having that, whatever it is for you, for me, it's working out, that way to really relieve stress and get back to that clear state of mind. It is so important what you just said about knowing when you are most productive, and I recognize that I am also a morning person just like you do, and so I tend to do my more brain-intensive activities earlier in the day and my less brain-intensive uh, activities at a time where I know I'm not going to be quite as alert or on top of my game, so I appreciate you shared that. If you were starting over today, knowing what you know right now, what would you do differently, Nathan? <laughs> 
One of the only things I would do differently is I wouldn't have gotten an office. Um, although it was kind of fun having people there, and I mean, it, it led to some great hires and some great stories and Thanksgiving with all the teammates in one place. As a business decision, it was just poor. It was unnecessary, um, and it's something I would change. But at the same time, I mean, I learned so much from it. I mean, it was such a good experience of having to manage an electric bill and, and figuring out how to negotiate leases and rents. And, and I'm sure that those skills are going to help me in the future. Um, but as a just a sound business decision, that was not it. Okay. We're winding down to the end. We've got less than three minutes. Let me ask you the question that I ask everyone at the end. Nathan, who inspires and motivates you? Sure. So when I was younger, it was my mom. I mean, I saw her take, first of all, I saw her quit her job, take, take a small building, turn it into a booming school, go into a bigger building, fill that out, go into a bigger building, fill that out, um, and retire with not only her, the parents liking her, but all her employees just really looking up to her and being at the point where they were crying to see her leave. And I feel like if, if you have your career where at the end of the day, everyone is sad to see you go, it just means that you've treated, you treat people the right way and you've had other people best interested heart. And I've always said, it's no, it's no fun to just grow and get rich yourself. You want the other people around you that have helped you get there because no one gets there by themselves to have success with you. And, and that's something I've always looked up to. And it's something I've always tried to do. I mean, my core team now, I want them to be with me for 20 years. I want them to see them buy their house and, and, and grow their family and, and retire and be able to say they had a great life and that I had a small piece to do with it. And not that they just worked for me for the paycheck um, and just because they had nothing better to do. Okay. And one more time, how can we find you and what you do? Yeah, check out freeup.com. Uh, mention Brian Wright to get $1 off your first worker forever. Right on the website, you can schedule a meeting right with me. I'd love to talk to you about your business. Um, you can sign up as a client. It's free. There's no monthly fee. Keep us in your back pocket. You can check out my book, Free Up Your Business. You can check out the online hiring mastermind group um, and the free up blog if you're just looking some, for some tips and advice on hiring. All right. And that is freeup.com with three E's. That's F-R-E-E-E-U-P.com. And Nathan, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a great honor and privilege to have you here, my friend. Thanks so much. Let's do it again. Absolutely. This has been Success Profiles Radio. I do interview world-class achievers every week on Monday from uh, at 6 p.m. Eastern. And join us every week uh, where I interview another world-class expert on what they do and what we can learn from their journey. Until then, have a great week, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful week. Take care. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how